The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome back to Side Piece Show. You guys, I had a huge, like huge weekend. Are you ready? My two-year-old went pee-pee in the potty. Oh, I remember the days when bar hopping, staying out until 2 a.m. and making very questionable decisions meant you had a huge weekend. Now, it's based around my kids going poo-poo and pee-pee in the potty. When Viv went pee, though, and for any of you who are parents, you will understand when I say there is never a time you will yell and cheer and celebrate and dance and shimmy and drink more in your life. Okay, I made up the whole shimmy and drinking part, or did I? Now it's time for Side Stealers of the Week. Jersey, have I told you lately that I love the husbands? I cannot freaking get enough of them. And the best part, they always keep it real. There's no BS. There's no sugarcoating. They are who they are. And this is probably the only time I actually enjoy seeing someone kiss an ass. But Evan is the real MVP of the reunion. Even after everything Teresa caused by starting the whole cheating rumor, Evan walks over to her when he's done with the reunion, gives her a hug, and invites her man to play golf with them and the other husbands. Now, that is a great dude and an even better side stealer of the week. Beverly Hills. Crystal's husband, Rob, is a baller. Like a baller. But... Do you know who's a bigger baller than Rob in that house? Let me tell you. It's Lucy, Crystal's housekeeper, a.k.a. Presidente. Okay, I need Presidente in my life for my house, for sure. And more importantly, Lucy, I need you on Side Piece Show ASAP. Real Housewives of New York. Heather is back and she is causing quite the uproar. So she's going on podcasts and talking nonstop crap about the other ladies. She goes after Sonia. Then she freaking puts Luann on blast talking about the, quote, hardcore drugs Luann was doing during one of their cast trips. I'm sure it's going to blow up at some point, and I am here for it all. But even throughout all the madness, the only thing I could think about was, How much I miss Ramona's turtle time. Anyone with me on that one? And that wraps up my Side Stealers of the Week. What else is hot and happening in Bravo? Back to Jersey. We have Reunion Part 2. So I always knew Dolores and David didn't see each other much because of his crazy work schedule. But when Dolores said they only see each other once a week, I was floored. You know what, though? I love Jackie. She made such an awesome point that she said David gives Dolores Frank. So maybe that's more important than a real commitment. 
because most men, you know, wouldn't be cool with you being best friends and hanging out every single day with your ex-husband. I mean, who the hell wouldn't want Frank over a rock? I would. Who doesn't love Frank? I love me some Frank, just in case I haven't said that a hundred times. Below deck sailing yacht. Colin for the win, baby. So this whole season has basically been Gary and who he's having sex with this week. But Colin, he comes with the win this week with one of the greatest quotes ever. He says, if everyone left the boat over an STD, there would be no yachties left in the world. <laughs> that is a maze balls. No pun intended. Anyone else? So pumped and have a countdown going for the start of Real Housewives of Potomac season. And we also see Portia got Simon's initials tattooed on her neck. Now that for sure is a sign it's going to last. Let's just ask Jax and Stassi about that. And that wraps up my hotness happening in Bravo. You guys, thank you. Thank you so much. I just looked at my reviews again. They are freaking amazing. They make me so happy. You guys listening to the podcast, rating, reviewing, subscribing. I can't thank you enough for all the love, all the support. Thank you for telling all of your friends to listen and subscribe, to rate and review as well. So we can all celebrate the best, entertaining, most delicious parts of Side Piece Show together. You can find me at Side Piece Show. That's at S-I-D-E-P-I-E-C-E-S-H-O-W. Thank you again. Thank you again so much. My guest today, from the it girl to selling it all. I'm so pumped to share you guys my guest today. Her name speaks for itself. The it girl of New York City. You guys, it's the one, the only, Kelly Benjamin. Hi. Hi. Thank I'm you. I'm so excited to see you. What an intro. I love that. Are you kidding me, Kelly? That is nothing. You know why? I wrote a little poem for you. Oh my gosh. I love that. I have to hear it. Let's hear it. From taking her jogs through the busy streets to making the hottest Halloween invite, Kelly always brings the heat. Mom, model, writer, she does it all. Always up for an adventure. If you want to have the best time, it's Kelly you need to call. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. I love it. I love to run in the streets. Everyone always comments about me running in the streets. Well, first of all, like the one thing about running in the streets is that, you know, when I was a model, you know, I was so young and I'm traveling to all these foreign countries. And so I used to run when I was younger with my mother, my twin brother and my sister and so i would just literally put my sneakers on and learn the city in the mornings before i would go to work and i learned you know been running everywhere i ran you know went africa london morocco i mean I literally just absolutely everywhere and it was just great because it's like the morning so like whether you're in paris with people getting their croissants or you know people walking to, to work or whatever wherever you are it's just you really really are a part of the culture and i love it and, and in new york I love to run in New York just because 
I mean, it's the best city in the world, but it's also the sidewalks are incredibly hectic with, you know, cell phones, umbrellas, strollers, people walking in twos and threes and people walking one way, the other way. So it's just like, it's best and just easiest if you just run in the middle of the street. So when you're, do you still run down the street in New oh, York? Well, I usually run like on the side and the side. Not down the middle. Not down Well, because you have to do a mask now, but are people like crapping their pants? Like, Kelly, she's still running the street. Kelly, hi. One guy, like literally I was running and, you know, I'm in my own world. Sometimes I wear ear pods. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes, you know, I'm just like, whatever. And I was just running and this guy goes, that's Kelly Ben Simone. And there was a nail in the street and I, my sneakers hit the nail. I went flying. <laughs> He was like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I'm bleeding. <laughs> You're like, you I did like, it. I was literally, my hands were bleeding. Like everything was bleeding. And I was like, ah. Was he, did he help you? Yeah, he was long gone. Like he just like saw me out of, out of Oh my God. No. I'm like crying. I was like, I was like, I was like literally watching me with these like totally ugly tears crying in the middle of <laughs> blood everywhere. That's warm. A hot guy should have come and swooped you up. Like a typical no, no, NYC no. gentleman. Yeah, no, I was like literally on the side of the street, blood everywhere, you know. Kelly, how did you like even get in to the, the show? You came out in season two. How did you even get into it, the, doing the show? So, I mean, obviously it was so long ago. I retired in 2011, but um, I was asked to be on the show by one of the executive producers that was working on another show. And so they asked me if I would be on Housewives and I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, you know, I'm a writer and my, usually my, what I do is I'm always researching everyone and finding out like who they are before I do things. But I just, you know, it was reality and I'd already been on my own show about the Hamptons and I just wanted to do something that was really authentic and just be my true to other people and myself and to my brand. And so I tried it. Had you known anybody pre going into this? into the show i had met luann at a party a couple of parties before but i didn't you know we weren't like you know best friends or anything but i you know, definitely you know knew her in the hamptons wait so, so you only knew of luann no no one else yeah and then i guess bethany there's a photo of actually bethany at my house she was like i was at your house so there was a photo of her at my house that tommy hilfiger came to a party and she was really good friends with tommy's sister and she was at my house and but i didn't know like who she was or i just right. was like hi i'm your so-and-so kelly hi you know was it weird that you were like doing this show and they're like here you go here are some new people that you're going to be filming a show with uh yeah just because you know i mean i have some was a model, you know, since I'm 16 years old and I'm so used to working with new people, meeting, you know, I'm like, I'm meeting you for the first time. I'm just, I'm so used to meeting people, new people all the time. So it's just never been an issue. I wouldn't say that I'm the most outgoing person, but I'm definitely very friendly and open. So it's right. not like I'm like, hi, I'm Kelly, let's be your best friend. But I am very receptive and open to meeting two people and learning about them. So. I was like, oh, this is gonna be interesting. You know, everyone seems really nice and interesting until. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> so, had you watched season one? No. You knew nothing about it? No, nothing. So, then you come onto the show and you're with Ramona, you're with yeah. Luann, I mean, the cast that you're with, with Bethany, with all of them. What yeah. were your thoughts? You're just like meeting these chicks and. You know, I mean, again, this is like, you know, we're 2011. I was on the show in 2009, 10 and 11. And it was just a different time in my life. And I, I you know, was recently divorced. My kids were really young. 
And it was just a really different time for me. I was, you know, working in the fashion industry for so long, whether it was a model and, you know, I was an editor, I've worked for many magazines and I was just so used to being behind the scenes. I mean, I was a model, I was obviously in front, but I mean, kind of, you know, retired from modeling when I was in my early twenties. And then I was working in the magazine world. So I just wasn't really, I was more of a just curious about new people and what they were doing. But I was also in a very insular environment. And you have to remember when, when I was working in the magazine world, I was responsible for Alex accessories. So, you know, the editor file Alex accessories right. started the, literally started in the magazine. I'm like, this is a piece of white paper. This is what we're going to do. This is the editorial stuff. This is who we're working with. I helped them sell the magazine to all the, with the publishers. I mean, it wasn't Same. just like, people were like, oh, you work for a magazine. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like, started right. the magazine the exact same way with three amazing editors. Worked on Hamptons Magazine. I was responsible for 17 issues a year. So I mean, between, between Hamptons, Hamptons was 17, Gotham was 12, and then L Accessories was, you know, two, but those were like major, major magazines. That was a lot of content to be creating for one person. And, you know, I was really like in the working trenches. And so when I got into an environment where it was about dealing with other people, you know, it was intimidating. It was really intimidating. Who were there a certain girl when from the cast that welcomed you that were more open than others? I mean, you know, Jill Zarin's always been really, really nice. I mean, I don't, you know, they've all been, you know, really, really nice after the show. Like everyone's always been, I mean, even during the show, Jill and Luann were always super nice. You know, everyone was really, really great afterwards. We've all gone off to do different things in our lives, but, you know, somebody has a product that they're endorsing and you know, I help them and they help me and we've, you know, all, and not just the New York Housewives, but like Cynthia Bailey, whatever she's doing, Nene, like anybody, whatever they're up to. I always try to be as proactive and helpful with, with what everyone else is doing. It's important, especially now, like we have a responsibility, not just that we're well known by ourselves, but we're well known for a show. And so to for the fan base and, you know, it's just really important for us all to like work together and promote each other and just be, especially now, you know, when you have to remember when the show was on, it was 2008 and nine, women were not supportive of women. Right. I was always a woman's woman. Like I worked with women. I worked with women, female editors, I worked with other models. Like I was always working with tons of women and men. And I never was intimidated by men because I had a twin brother. So I just never, I never thought of men as, you know, anything else, but just like, oh, it's, they're just like Tommy. And then women, you know, I always thought of them as like that forever person that's going to be there. That you're right. guy, guy, you know, the editor that's on, you know, work, you know, your accessories editor or your writer or whatever, your editorial director, all these different people, they're like your ride or die. They're the people that they're part of your team. Right. And so that's how I kind of feel about now. It's like, we work together for so long and they're like my ride or die from that time of my life. And if they need anything, I'm obviously always here to promote them in any way that I can. That's amazing. And celebrate them, not just promote them, but just really celebrate them. I feel like you, you're like one of the OGs of New York City, right? I mean, because watching, I feel like you especially kind of came on and put Bravo and the Housewives and all that kind of on the map. Do you feel that way? Bravo put me on the map. You think Bravo did? Bravo definitely put me on the map. I mean, the minute that they saw me, they put me on the map. They were just like, this is the girl that's going to have fun. And I wasn't strategizing. I was just real. Right. Now, something strange to me. I responded in a way that was authentic. I never acted in a way that was not right or 
did something that was going to hurt anyone else. I was just honest about my personal feelings. And I think that's one thing that why like the fan base really, really likes me is because I have this motto for my girls. I was talking about the Ben Simone rules and how it doesn't matter what you know, other people do, it matters what you do. So and all any and all of my interviews, I was always like, it doesn't really matter what other people do. Like, this is how I acted. This is how I reacted. And, you know, you have to be accountable for your actions. Right. You, know, you work for an office, your, your boss fires you. You have two choices. You can say, hey, my boss fired me. I could take this and get a new job that's even better and show him how great I am and that, you know, he should have, you know, too bad for him. Or I can just sit there and say, oh my God, he fired me and he made a huge mistake and I'm so great. And, and I'm always been the one that, you know, revenge is better than Christmas. Let's go. Let's right. go be successful and go have fun and go meet new people and explore. Being on NBC Bravo, I mean, I have a new podcast. I'm, I work for the number one team at Douglas Elliman for the Holly Parker team, the number one team. I sold over $60 million worth of real estate in the first quarter. 60 million by myself, 60. Kelly, that's 60 with not even being your background. Like that's what's so it's insane. Background. It's not, my background is literature, history. You know, I mean, I have a half of an MBA that I had to stop because I was, I need to work. But I just, my mother passed away and she asked me to help sell my family home in Rockford, Illinois. And you're from Ohio, you know this and family values. And so I got my license in New York and being in New York was really hard. I mean, everyone was like, oh, you're a reality star. You're never going to do well. No one's ever going to buy anything for you. You know, you're not, you know, you're a celebrity. Celebrities aren't, in, you know, aren't transactional. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm more educated than any of you people. And I've also bought and sold my own properties and my own. Right. And I've worked with really, really, really bad people. And so I want to, I want to make the transactions that happen in my side of the business seamless. And I deal with the ultra high net worth individuals, you know, you never hear who I work with or right. what I'm selling. Everything is with incredible discretion. And I'm really, really proud of where I am today. I mean, I'm just, I'm so grateful. How is the transition now? There's two actually transitions because you said I'm a girl's girl, right? So then yeah. you transition to the show. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know if it's just my opinion, but maybe some aren't girls, girls. So yeah. How was that transition? Right. Well, it's just fascinating because the real estate industry is a transaction business and it is male dominated. And the irony is that, you know, I'm a vital role on million dollar listing that's airing right now, Thursdays at 9 PM. And Frederick welcomes me with open arms and, you know, Tyler is incredible. And I've had some, you know, really, really fascinating, fun moments with them. You know, I brought a buyer to Frederick's great townhouse on uh, in the West Village. And he texted me today. He's just like, you know, I've seen everything that's happened to you personally and professionally. And he's like, it is your time to shine. Oh, that's amazing. This man is such a beautiful human. And that's... Tyler as well. I mean, I just literally want, they, you know, I was invited to this open house. I'm in real estate. I didn't even know they were filming. I show up because I was like, oh, I actually, I know mm -hmm. someone that lives in the building. So I, in this great apartment on uh, Fifth Avenue, and so Tyler is there. He's like, hi, I'm Tyler. And he starts talking to me about his weight issues and the things that he's gone through and, you know, his struggle with, you know, real estate and the peaks and valleys. And we just had like this quick conversation, which 
was really incredibly meaningful because I mean, I was, I didn't have weight issues, but I mean, I just written, I can make you hot. And, right. you know, I had had serious weight gain, weight loss after having children and, you know, was exposed to a lot of people watching me lose weight and not being able to lose weight, still not losing weight, still not losing weight, losing too much weight, really being super skinny. I mean, I, it's like, people are like, oh, you're being, you're a body shame for being too skinny. Yeah. People were like, you're so skinny. It's gross. When you were on the show, they said that. No, this is before. This is before, right after I had my first daughter. I just had so much anxiety. I couldn't just like by myself. I'm living in, you know, Soho. No one has kids. I don't I know no one that has children. I gained tons of weight when I was pregnant because I didn't know like how to gain weight, how to lose right. weight. I read that book, What to Expect When You're Expecting, and yeah. all over the place. And this woman's like, Don't do this, don't do that. And she was I was like, Oh my God, this is crazy. Right. Um, and the only person that was really the voice of reason during my first pregnancy was Elle McPherson. She was like, I am walking, it's my ex-husband's second wife and she's right. like, walking every day. And uh, she's like, that's what you need to do. She's like, that's what will make you feel better about yourself. And then when I had my first daughter, my husband was traveling a lot and I was just under a lot of stress because I was working at the time and had my baby and I was really, really thin like very, very thin. And people, they really like shamed me for being thin. And, and then when I was, when after my second baby, I couldn't lose weight. I just couldn't lose it. And, you know, my ex-husband's photographing Madonna who's doing headstands. And I'm just like, I am like, I can't lose weight. I have like 40 pounds. I just can't lose it. But then you did look how amazing you look when you start the show. Well, thank you. But I'm just saying like, we were just talking about, you know, the struggle of like, you know, gaining weight, losing weight. And right. That really has such a big effect on you. And it's not, it's not like a narcissist thing, like, oh my God, I'm not skinny enough. So I'm not pretty enough. I'm not good enough. It's just right. certain things that trigger people. And, you know, maybe it was because I was a model for a long time that, you know, weight was always something that was a trigger. Like, am I thin enough? Am I, am, am I going to fit into the clothes or the right. whatever it is? And so we just had this kind of like nice talk together. And then we um, had a fun talk about real estate. He was like, you know so much about real estate. I'm like, this is your listing. This is not my listing. And we just had a really good time. And it was fascinating. He even said it. He was like, I can't believe I met her. And within 15 minutes, we were like having this great conversation and then walking around showing her this incredible apartment. And it was great. Would you do the show, like be a cast member on Million Dollar Listing? I think that any show that has to do with real estate is a natural progression for me because I love real estate. I love the world of real estate. I love the people that work in real estate. I love incredible homes. I love interiors. Transaction is a definitely a big part of my life and always has been. And um, I just think it would be just a really interesting next step for me. What if though the housewives called you back and said, will you come back and be on the show? I mean, you know, I retired in 2011. I think we've all like moved on and done so many great things with our lives. And I think that, you know, where I am right now in my life, my two girls, my oldest daughter just graduated from college. Yay, C, we love you. Holy my, crap, Kelly. My, my youngest, I know your little baby's going to grow up and graduate from college one day. I know, Melissa, I know. Um, and my youngest is going to be turning 21 and she's doing really well, has one more year left at Trinity. And I'm just really proud of wow. girls. raise them on my own. And they're just doing so well. And, you know, for the first time, you have to remember the first time in 23 years, I've actually been able to really be laser focused on work. And I'm excited about it. I'm excited about, you know, the next part of my journey. And I just love, I love real estate. I love it. What do you think of the 
cast right now and how, you know, you were on 10 years ago. What do you think of how New York Housewives, the show is now? See, I don't really, I don't watch the show and I just wish, you know, that they all have a great time. You know, I hope that they have as good of a time as I had. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't really know many of them. You know, I just wish them all so much success. Do you keep in touch with Ramona? I mean, Sonia, can you believe that Sonia is still on and Ramona? I mean, you were with Ramona is it, and Luann. Is it crazy to you that 10 years later, they're still on? I think it's exciting that all these OGs are still on the show for so many years. I mean, women empowerment, like that's so awesome. And I'm just so excited to see all these great women, you know, in their second chapters on television, you know, creating brands and, you know, really making a name for themselves. I think that's unbelievable. Okay. You have to tell me everything about the music video. Chic say la vie, please. I'm dying. How, like, was that? Was it crazy? Were you just like, sure, I'll do a music video in Atlantic City with you, Luann? I mean, you know, what's so funny is that I just interviewed Cynthia McFadden and she was just talking about her interview with uh, Madonna and talking about Lady Gaga. And she said to me, she's like, I was doing this interview talking to Madonna and then Lady Gaga and Madonna had this back and forth. And then Cynthia McFadden is now in a music video with Madonna. And I just thought that was like the coolest thing. And you know, so paper, I mean, listen, we've seen so many great music videos and you know, I mean, whether it's a housewife video or whether it's a Madonna video, I mean, mm -hmm. just have the best time with everything that you're doing and just put your best foot forward and show who you are and what you love. How did that even come about though? She's like, let's go do a trip and then I'm going to do a music video. I don't really know, but I just think, I just, again, like, I just think it's so great when women are taking that leap of faith to do something great. So whether it's write a book, whether it's a music video, whatever it is that they're doing, later on in their life, I just think is great. When you guys were walking through the casino, oh my God, that was like, oh my. Walking through casinos, that is one thing that during quarantine and COVID that I really, really, really miss is I love Vegas. So I am like, I cannot wait until Vegas opens so that I can go and go to the pool parties and go and gamble a little bit and see all these shows. I miss Vegas so much. I miss Vegas. The greatest thing about Vegas is that you can play golf in a bikini. You can take <laughs> dune buggies and zip around. You can go on all these rides. You can gamble. You can drink the best drinks. You can meet and engage with all the coolest people at these nightclubs. You get to wear the highest heels and the shortest dresses. <laughs> yeah. There is nothing wrong with Vegas. It's all good news. So Vegas, come back. I miss you. I love you. You should take your real estate to Vegas. I work in, uh, well, I actually am licensed in New York, the Hamptons, and in Florida. So the Bermuda Triangle, that's my like forte right now. But maybe, who knows? Maybe, some, maybe one day I'll like, you know, work in Vegas with some like great client that wants to buy like a gorgeous mansion. Totally. What's, what's harder selling real estate or being a part of the real housewives of New York city cast? I think that, you know, they were both jobs. They're both jobs. So being on housewives was a job and real estate is a job and whatever you do, whatever that is, you have to take things, you know, seriously, and you have to put your best foot forward. 
And, you know, my father always told me, he was like, do what you love and the money will come. And I have so much fun being on television. I'm not going to lie. Like I have a, like a, you know, sparky personality. Right. Um, I do love meeting people. I'm curious. I'm interested to hear what they're doing and what they're up to and how they're doing things. And like, I just resonate with people. I think right. I'm not, and there's no errors. There's no pretension. You know, I'm not trying to be something that I'm not. I'm not snarky. I'm not nasty. I just want, you know, everyone to feel good and um, be successful. So you took it as a job though, because I was talking to somebody and they were like, I wanted to come on and just have fun. But then one of the original like OGs was like, you can't come on to have fun. You have to like, look at it as a business, you know, be serious about it. So was it tough for you? Cause you're like, I just want to have fun. I want to meet new women and enjoy myself. I think that the thing that's like the fundamental difference of being a vital role on million dollar listing and being a principal character on Real Housewives is that Real Housewives, I was, you know, paid to perform and on Million Dollar Listing, I am invited to be a part of a scene because that's what my job is. Right. So it's just totally different. I think that working with Frederick and Tyler, you know, I've known Ryan for a long time. I've known Steve Gold for a long time. This is my business. Right. So it's my job to take um, showing a property seriously, selling property seriously, communicating about transactions seriously. But then, you know, I'm like, you know, work hard and then play hard. So it's right. like, as soon as we're talking, we're done talking about the transaction and I've bought or sold the house. that's my price. Then let's ready to party. Let's go. Let's go. Oh my. What did you say that my price? <laughs> so are you like, is there any lovely man in the picture right now? I mean, you know, I always try to keep my personal life really personal because I do have two girls and, you know, I've always watched many people, you know, talk about their personal lives. And, you know, I think that's one reason why I have a successful personal life is because, you know, I don't exploit it and right. I don't exploit my children. I don't exploit people in my life. I don't exploit my friendships separate everything. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's just, it's really important. It's really important to take your work seriously. And it's really important to take your personal life seriously. What was the craziest part for you on the housewives? Uh, I think the craziest part of being on real housewives was that people were seeing me. I was so frightened when the show was airing and it's just so funny because Two weeks ago, when the producers for Million Dollar Listing told me that the show was going to be airing and that I was in the first scene, I was with my friends and we went to um, this great restaurant downtown called Beauty in Essex. And I was so nervous. I just started drinking wine and wine and wine and wine and wine. I was so nervous. And I was just like, oh my God. I was like, I'm back on TV again. And I don't know what people are going to think of me. And, right. you know, this is my business and I am so proud of what I'm doing and where I am. And what are people going to, you know, are they going to like me? Are they not going to like me? And I just literally sat there drinking wine, drinking wine. I'm not a big drinker. So, I mean, I literally told my assistant seven times that he should have a great night. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'm going to go and have a great night now. Kelly. Like, I was so 
petrified. And then I woke up the next morning and Frederick texted me and he was like, it was so great. We had so much fun. You did such, you did so well. And I was, I was petrified. I was petrified. So the whole season when you first came on Housewives, were you nervous at like the whole time? Just watching? I was always nervous. Always, always nervous. But I'm just like that kind of person. Like I am a very sensitive, genuine person. And so, yes, it was my job, but at the same time, you know, I genuinely care how, what people, how, what people think of me. Right. And I think one of the hardest things, and we're seeing this right now, you know, you know, mental health and, right. you know, it was just, it was so stressful for me to be on that show, not because of the filming. It's just because when I would film, you know, I was, you know, in the scenes trying to, you know, do what I could to make right. everyone great and look great. And then when people were interviewing me, like, I didn't want to talk badly about people. It's just not, you know, who I am. And I don't, I don't want to do that. And I was just, you know, I was always really, really nervous about what I was going to look like and not like, not, that sounds, that's not, that's not, not I mean, physically, like what, not you- what I'm going to look like, but I just like, I am a very sensitive and um, kind person. And so right. I always was afraid. And, you know, it's so funny because during the, the filming of Housewives, I had a conversation with Kris Jenner, who's like, I just love her so much. And mm-hmm. I just was like, I just don't know. I don't know how to handle all this. And she's like, Kelly, she's like, you're successful. You're raising two girls on your own. You know, you're on the show. And you're so lucky to be on the show to provide for your kids. She's like, you have so many things that you need to be so proud of. And if one person or two people don't like who you are, that's something that you can't control. Right. What you can't control is how proud you are of who you are and what you've done to raise your family. And she's a, you know, she's a very moving woman. I mean, she's a, you know, she really puts things in perspective. Right. You know, she's always like, go on TV, whatever show they tell you to do, take it, go do it, go do it. I'm like, oh my God, all right. So you, you were so nervous this whole time, but then you wanted to come back for another season being so nervous and like watching the show back and like filming was a lot and anxiety and all this. No, 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 no. Filming wasn't a lot. I'm not just just watching it back. What I'm trying to say is like filming wasn't a lot. I, you know, I know how to compose myself. I know how to celebrate other people and, you know, I know how to handle all that, which I was nervous about is how I was going to proceed because at the beginning I thought it was going to be all great and everything. They were like, Oh my God, you're doing so great. And yes, I was doing great. You know, we got tons of press and right. Listen, I got the cover of Playboy in 2010, Sick. the March issue. Sick. And you know, people are like, Oh, you were on the cover of Playboy. I'm like, no, 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 no. I wasn't on the cover of Playboy. I was on the March cover of Playboy in the fashion industry. The March cover is the there's two covers, the March cover and the September cover. And my cover sold like crazy. It was the number one cover of Playboy. And it's really not because of me. It's probably because of the John Mayer interview, but whatever, I was on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> it was you, Kelly, come on. It was me. But, <laughs> it was you. Um, you know, even they, even the Playboy, they were just like, you know, we had, we had men, we had women, we had, you know, gay men, we had all these different people that we weren't in demographics that we weren't expecting to have. So it was great. It was great. It was great. You, I, was you? Nervous. I was still nervous. I mean, even when the cover of Playboy was coming out, I'm just like, oh my God. And it was like, oh my God, that was, that was definitely photographed 40 years ago. Cause she doesn't look like that. And like, you know, all these like crazy, you know, things. So people were saying that about the cover that you yeah. were just like, oh yeah. Yeah. They were like, she wasn't, she didn't do that cover. That's not, wasn't yesterday. That was 10 years ago, you know? So 
I mean, just all that kind of negativity really, you know, it gets, it gets to me. Why did you want to come back for a second season then? Your well, second season. But no, no, no. I mean, you have to remember when I was on Housewives, social media had just started. And oh, yeah. I'm not, I mean, I can handle the press. I mean, I can handle the magazines. But I'm, what I'm talking about is like later on, after I, after I retired, it was just really, really hard to wake up to all of that, you know, negativity all the time. And you know what the thing is, the trolls say, you know, they're like, we're trolls. And it's, you know, now everyone's like, oh my God, you have trolls. You have people commenting. That's so great. That's, you know, that's serious money. That's value. And I'm like, value? I'm like, no, I come from the magazine world. We want to make things. We want to make great content for people to be like, that right. is so incredible. We want positive content. We don't want negative content, but in the world of television, it doesn't matter. It's just like any comments, as many comments as you get, gives you more collateral. So it was, it was not easy for me. I'm not going to lie. It was very, very difficult, very difficult time, you know, trying to raise my kids alone, dealing with all the negativity from, from the fan base. It was really, really difficult. I'm not very, very, very stressful. But like you were just saying, social media was just really starting out when you were doing the show. Could you imagine being on the show right now with how social media is? Yeah, I don't know how people deal with it. I just don't know how they deal with it. I, you know, it's bittersweet. On the one hand, you know, it's like I understand the nature of the beast with social media. And on the other hand, you know, it's like I've seen my kids be victim of social media. And I have borne the brunt of that, you know, every single morning, you know, people commenting about cast members and all these people constantly. And I guess, you know, on the one hand, I'm like, that's really sweet. They remember. On the other hand, I'm kind of like, why do you want to make people feel bad? Right. Like, I don't want to make people feel bad. Right. I don't want to wake up in the morning. Like the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I eat oranges. I give my dog a kiss. I, you know, call both my girls and tell them I love them. Like that's mom. what I want to see in the morning. You know? That's a mom. That's a good yeah. mom. That's an but amazing you know what? mom. But Melissa, you know what? Cynthia McFadden said too, that like, you know, with all these mental health issues that we're seeing and food insecurity that, you know, being kind is cool. And finally I'm in the cool club that, you know, being kind is you know definitely something that, you know, we should be spreading as much as possible. Totally. I love but, that. Do you, do you talk to anybody that you're with anymore? Keep in touch with anybody? I mean, you know, obviously some of the, you know, some of the ladies will like reach out like birthdays and holidays and stuff like that. Or if they're in the Hamptons, they'll see someone like, Oh, I saw you. But you know, at the same time, it's like, you know, it's like when you're in the water cooler at that job and then, you know, one person gets a raise, one person moves to another division, one person right. does that and you're, you're not at that water cooler anymore. So it's like, we're just, you know, we're not in that same pod anymore. Right. And so that doesn't mean that we don't care about each other or that I'm not thinking about them, but we're just not in that same pod. Yeah. Well, different. I mean, it was also 10 years ago. Yeah. Exactly. Is it crazy talking about it from 10 years ago? Like you're talking with me about it, right? Because it's yeah. Bravo and this, you know, I'm doing Bravo stuff, but like, yeah. is it weird that you then talk about it again? I, uh, you know, it's, it was, it's like a time, you know, it's a time and something that people love and like people were really interested in what was happening. And I think right. it was like, also you to remember, it was the advent of reality TV and, and voyeurism is never going to go away. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, Hitchcock taught us that voyeurism was really fascinating with Rear Window. So it's like, it's, we, it's not something that we're new to, and it's not something that we're ever going to not want to know. Right. Like, what is that person doing? I mean, I look at, I have these massive windows. I'm always looking outside of my window. I'm like, what is that person doing? Sitting <laughs> you are doing. Right. What I'm going to do is I'm going to sit outside with a glass of wine 
and after this podcast and I am going to watch people and wonder what they're doing. <laughs> everyone is the ultimate voyeur and they always want to know what other people are doing. Never people watching is the best, by the way. I mean, oh, the no. best. That's, that's why I love freaking Venice here. Like you will get it, but Venice, Venice right here. Yeah. You, I'm sure you like roller skate. You're so hot. You're like jean shorts zipping around. Like, ooh. please. No, 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 no. If, if you were running, let me tell you one thing, Kelly. If you were running, if I was running and then you started running next to me on the street, I would take my ass into like a bathroom inside of a restaurant and be like, <laughs> let her go first because I am not going to be anywhere around this. Like, speaking of feeling bad, I'd be like, okay. Or I'd be like, oh, I'm going to run with her because maybe, you know, hot girl and hot girl, then we can like tag team down the street. I just have to say, I think the one thing that's been really great um, about, you know, being on, you know, reality TV versus like a television show, like I'm not a celebrity, I'm a reality star. But I think the one thing that's been really, really great and one thing that I really appreciate so much is the ability to really connect with the fans. And, you know, especially for someone like me, you know, who has worked in magazines for so long and, you know, being able to write a health and fitness book called I Can Make You Hot, being able to write two novels with Simon & Schuster about the food world. It's like, now I'm able to do that for all the fans. And it's been great. It's so awesome. Listen, I know I'm taking up a lot of your time. I, are you down to play just a quick little game? You know, when you started the show, like back then, and you guys open with your tagline, mm-hmm. what would your tagline, Kelly's tagline right now, 10 years later be? I'm living the American dream one mistake at a time. Same yeah, tagline. Same? Same exact, exact tagline. I love that. You know what, when you're talking about you know, the health and, and the weight and all this, it's, I'm actually getting my nutritionist degree right now. So, you know, yeah, I get it. You have to check out, I just interviewed also on my podcast. Um, hey guys, Hey, Bobby Brown. And we talked about not only her new line, which is clean beauty, which is called Jones road, which is the best makeup. I'm actually wearing it. Today. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. The balm it's called, um, bronze, which is amazing for your skin, but she also, um, has her degree in nutrition and, you know, just talking to her yesterday, she was like, you know, listen, I was an entrepreneur. I started this great brand with one product and, you know, I knew, I knew that, you know, women's skin needed to look a different way. And after, you know, she sold Bobby Brown, she wanted to do something that was different and she wanted to learn about clean beauty from the inside out. And I just really admire you for going to school and you obviously have like cute little mini friends hanging out at home, but <laughs> Thank um, you. for any adult who, yeah. you know, I mean, I didn't even know when I was getting my MBA, I mean, it was very, very difficult to right. go back to school. And I just yeah. admire and congratulate you. Thank you. For doing that. And thank um, you. Please give me any advice that you have. You'll be like, Kelly, this is your diet. <laughs> oh my God. Listen, by the way, and a thousand percent, if anything you at all need. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It was so awesome to see you, Kelly. Thank you so much for listening to Side Piece. Make sure to follow on Instagram with the handle at Side Piece Show. That's at S-I-D-E-P-I-E-C-E-S-H-O-W, at Side Piece Show. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe.